wonders that Jesus left glory and came down, dwelt among us. And uh, that's something we don't often really reflect and consider. But this Christmas season, we start reflecting on these things. This is season of Advent as we look to the birth of the Messiah. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot of our culture around us, uh, they focus on the materialistic aspects of things. It's all about gift-giving and parties and decorations. And, and some of that's fun. I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. It, it, Christmas is a joyous season, and it should be a time that we celebrate. But I do encourage you as Jesus people to really focus on keeping Jesus the center of things because, as I said in the prayer, it really is all about him, and he is the reason. So, in the month of December, we're going to be focusing on our Sunday mornings about the Christmas story. Uh, this first story uh, account is going to come from Isaiah 49. We're going to be looking at the first uh, seven verses, and... We're going to be talking about giving him praise and glory through this Christmas season. So hope you will join us for all four of these messages. Pastor James will be doing the, the second message next Sunday. And so I hope you're here for that. We'll be again in Pennsylvania on that. And then I encourage you to come out on Sunday nights. We're doing some uh, really neat things with our worship music. And we're also going to be having a communion service in the evening on the December 15th, I believe it is. And so that's something that's going to be special. I want you to be a part of that. And I'll be talking about vision and the need for vision and the source of vision on Sunday night. So I, I hope you will be a part of that. But... If you have your copy of God's Word open to Isaiah 49, I invite you, if you're able and willing, to stand and honor the reading of the Word. And I will begin reading with verse 1. And the prophet shares, and he says, uh, speaking of the words that God has given him, Listen to me, O coastlands, and give attention, you peoples from afar. The Lord called me from the womb, from the body of my mother he named my name. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand he hid me, he made me a polished arrow. In his quiver he hid me away and he said to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing in vanity, yet surely my right is with the Lord and my recompense with my God. And now the Lord says, he who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him, for I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He is the one who says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations 
that my salvations may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to one deeply despised, aboard by the nation, the servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. Father, we ask a blessing upon this reading of your word. Give us understanding that we might live for you. We ask and pray it in Christ's name. Amen. So this morning we're going to look at this song of the servant. It's one of four that are found in the book of Isaiah. This is the only one we're going to focus on this Christmas season. Uh, Eddie... One of our deacons read the first servant song. That's from Isaiah 42. And there's these four passages in the prophecy of Isaiah that are about Jesus. They're about the Messiah. They're called Messianic servant songs. And they were written 700 years before the birth of Jesus. That is amazing. And sometimes we don't think of that. But the first thing, and we're going to talk about some truths about Jesus, and hopefully these are going to help you with your walk and with your Christmas season. Because as we look at the servant, him being Jesus, we're going to see that he was called and commissioned by God, as we have. If you're a Christ follower, you have been called and commissioned by God. He had a purpose, and his purpose was to glorify God. Guess what? As a Jesus person, your purpose is to glorify God. We're going to see here that in this first advent, that even the servant seemingly utters words that talk about failing in that purpose. Many of us, we struggle. We put on happy faces a lot of times when we come to God's house, but we're struggling. We're broken people. We've got issues. And Jesus has a word for us as well. But then, then, and this is how this song ends, ultimately, the servant will be successful. And as far as us as Jesus' people, that's what we need to remember. Ultimately, not because of us, but because of him, we too will be successful. So let's look at this servant song and just look at these four points briefly. The first is that he was called and commissioned by the Lord God. Uh, The me in these verses, the Messiah is the one who's speaking. He's saying, the Lord called me from the womb. Now, one thing we need to just make sure we understand, and, and some people that don't know much about church, they have this idea that Jesus came into existence at the manger. That when he was born, that's when Jesus started. 
A lot of the cults will teach that. That is not the biblical truth. Jesus is eternal. He's not a created being. He's co-eternal, co-equal with the Father. The manger was his introduction to physical life. When he added to his Godhead, he added flesh. He became the God-man. But he didn't start here. He entered a different phase of his existence. It's a new chapter in God's revelation. The plan had never changed. This wasn't a, a sudden thing where... God and Jesus, the Holy Spirit, up there said, Well, it's just not working out. We got to come up with something new. We got to come up. No, this was the plan from eternity past. God commissions the plan. Jesus is the agent who came, and the Holy Spirit empowered the mission. The persons of the Godhead worked together in perfect unity. But the Messiah is commissioned by God. The Lord called me. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. The word of God is powerful. It's living. It's alive. And when we share that, we're not just sharing words on a page. We're sharing life with people. Oh, how many people are in the darkness and they need a word of encouragement? You know, we're, we're going around this season, and it's, like I said, there's, there's decorations. And that's great. Nothing wrong with that. We were privileged. I have no interest, haven't had interest in years in amusement parks. I used to have to go when I took the youth when, uh, when I was still doing that, and, and I rode some of those rides, and that, all it did was make my head hurt. I didn't enjoy those anymore. But we took Hallie to Dollywood Wednesday night. And watching her get excited about riding a froggy. It's just, and riding the train. And seeing Rudolph wave at her from the balcony as we were leaving the park. That's cool. So all that, there's nothing wrong with that. You can have good family time. But in the midst of that, remember, there's, there's people... They're hurting. And they need, they need to be encouraged. And what we, just like this was a dark time for the nation of, of Israel, they were looking at judgment. It wasn't an easy time. We're not living in easy times. And the Messiah was called and commissioned by God to make a difference. You and I, we have been called and commissioned by the Lord God to make a difference where we're at. It's not just about taking care of ours and making sure we have a good time. We have responsibility to others that we might understand our mission. Because see, why, why is the Messiah the servant? Because the nation of Israel was given that mission and they failed so Jesus had to step in by and large 
things are, are still not good, and so there's still a need for servants to understand they've been commissioned and sent out by God himself. Second thing is, is our purpose, is to bring glory to God. Look at verse 3, and he said to me, you are my servant Israel, and now I will say, the Jews will say, okay, right there, that's talking about a, us as a nation. This is Jesus being the perfect Israel. Where the nation failed, now Jesus, the Messiah, is going to come, and he is going to do it to perfection. And he says, you are my servant Israel in whom I will be glorified. Not maybe, but I will be. Jesus brought glory to God. Now, how did he do that? Through the, some of the means that he, he brought. He, he came to seeking to save that which was lost. That's one of his purposes. But ultimately, through that, God gets the glory because who saves people? It's for the glory of God. It's birthed in the mind and heart of God. And Jesus is bringing a people to the Father. And so in that, he glorified his Father. Now, we're, we're in Christmas, and I want you to think about this for this sense of glory and and. Many of you probably went out Friday. What'd you do? You shopped, didn't you? A lot of you. And maybe some of you didn't. Maybe some of you stayed home and watched ball games or took naps, whatever. But and you went to these stores, and when they have a sale item, what do they do? Is it just tucked away somewhere in a corner? No, you can't hardly go in some of these places and they got these big signs and they got these, these displays. And, and what are they doing? They're showcasing this item. You, you, go, you go to someone's house or you, you go to a, a, a light show and he, Betty told me the seniors are going to Zootastic. You go to Zootastic. They got millions of lights. What are they doing? They're showcasing stuff. Jesus came to showcase God. Hebrews tells us that he is the radiance of the glory of God. Now we, we're Jesus people, but we don't have that inner glory that Jesus had because we're not the Son of God. How many of you ever looked at a full moon when it's bright and it's just, you're like, wow. I remember some harvest moons that just seemed so full and so low you could almost touch them. Do you know the moon has no light of its own? You know there's absolutely no light? In and of itself, what is the moon? It's a reflection, but it's dead. It's dead. When you see a full moon, does it look dead? 
What is that? That's sunlight. That's reflected light. In and of ourselves, we have nothing. We are dead. But oh my goodness, we can reflect the glory of the Savior. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to bring Him glory. We're here to give Him praise and glory. And we can do that. We should do that year-round. But man, what a great time to do it now in the Christmas season when people are more open to hearing a good word about Jesus. If you want to give you a little reading assignment, read the first chapter, especially the first 14, 18 ch uh, verses of the ch John 1. That's about the glory, the, the Jesus, the glory that was his before the foundation of the world, he came and brought light to the darkness that those who had no hope might hope. And we're called to do the same thing. You know, what's, what's, a, what's a great way to, to bring glory to God? Brag on Jesus. Tell us, you know, we'll, we'll, and again, there's nothing wrong with these things. We got we got deer hunters out here. There are plenty of deer hunters out in this congregation. What's the first? Well, maybe not the first, but what do you do if you shoot an eight point? What do you do about that? Do you tell anybody? Do you ever have any pictures of it, or do you just keep it a secret that you never ever shot a deer? Some of y'all even put those things on the wall. What's that called? That's called a trophy. He said, hey, I shot that. You know, I got that. You know. And again, nothing wrong with that. Brag on Jesus. Tell somebody what Jesus has done for you. We can give glory to God by bragging on Jesus. Well, verse 4 and this is the words of the, sa the Savior. Now remember, prophecy, this is 700 years before Christ. And the prophets, they, they, they overlap time so they can shift times pretty quick. But I said, this is the Messiah, I have labored in vain and spent my strength for nothing in vanity. And you're like, what? what? He's talking about his ministry on earth. How did Jesus end up at the end of his ministry? Did he have the big crowds? No. Most of the crowds had left. That first chapter of John, verse 11, I think is the one that says, He came into his own and his own rejected him. His own people. He came for the nation of Israel first and foremost, and then to the Gentiles. Romans 1.16 says the gospel of Jesus is salvation to the Jews first, then the Gentiles. He came into his own. He was a Jew. And they rejected him. The crowds went away. He had 12 close followers. One of those betrayed him. 
betrayed him. And out of the other 11, 10 of them deserted him at the cross. Only John was there. Now, you take someone, an observer, when he just died on that cross, everybody's gone, getting ready to put him in the ground, and ask somebody, hey, you want to evaluate Jesus' ministry for me? Hey, what kind of grade are you giving him right now? I don't think many of us would have thought too much of that. I don't know if I want to invest in this. Looks like things have gone to pieces here. Not a good bet. Not a good investment. Have y'all ever felt that way? What you've tried to do and it just seemingly is coming to nothing. I have labored in vain. How many of us in those quiet times where we're actually honest with ourselves think you know, I, I'm pouring into this. My kids just aren't listening. They just don't get it. Or a job, I'm trying to do this at work, and it's just not happening. And, and this just doesn't seem successful. And it, you know, these kids out here, you know, I, I don't know. Have you ever felt that way? Why am I doing this? Jesus felt that way. He understood what it's like. Some of you are going through hard physical times. And you know, what's what's the point? What's the point of going on? Is it, am I going to get any better? Maybe not. Yeah, I, I don't know. What, 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 what. I, I just, I, I don't know. You're not alone. And maybe someone else physically doesn't understand what you're saying or going through. But the Messiah knows. Jesus knows. He was rejected. He was betrayed. He was despised. They actually shouted, crucify him. We don't want him. We have no king but Caesar. Wait a minute, that's Easter. Here we are at Christmas. We shouldn't be talking. (laughs) Jesus knows. Jesus knows. But look at the rest of verse 4. Yet surely my right is with the Lord and my recompense with God. He trusted in God. Sometimes we we struggle with even admitting these feelings. We think if we, we... say that we're, we're, we're not trusting in God. Jesus was honest. He trusted in the Lord. And then some of us struggle with this because we think, well, if we really trusted God, we wouldn't feel this way. Again, Jesus experienced this. He is the man of sorrows. He didn't just stay a baby in the manger. We celebrate that, and rightfully so, because his birth changed. It divided our very time. But he didn't stay in a manger. 
And he trusted God. What I guess what I'm trying to say is, is now is not the time for despair. Jesus didn't give in to despair and discouragement. He trusted God. Whatever you're going through, now is not the time to give in. It's a time for renewed trust. And let God take care of the issue. The story is not finished. And at the cross, his story was not finished either. Well, this last point about ultimately we'll be successful. Jesus came to the Jews and, and God says here in verse 5 and 6, he said, you know, it's not enough just to bring Jacob back. He said, it's too light a thing that you should be my servant just for Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations that my, salvations, my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. The church of Jesus is global. It didn't stay in the land of Palestine. Christianity is a global reality because it's a relationship with a living Savior. It has been successful. Jesus has become that light to the nations. Those Ordinary believers in Jerusalem spread out and they took the name of Jesus with them. They were obedient to their call and commission and they shared their light with those who were in the darkness. Israel failed to do that as a nation but that's what we've been called upon to do. And ultimately, Jesus is going to be successful. He has been. He's already the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And even though he was deeply despised and abhorred by the nation, it says in verse 7, Kings shall see and rise princes, and they shall prostrate themselves. You know, it might seem like dark times for Christianity here in America in this age we live in. But we need to remember that ultimately Jesus will be successful. How do you define success? That's the key. If, if success is doing well, living, doing well, living in comfort, having nice stuff, and nobody bothering you. Mm. May not see much of that anymore in our future. But if success is being faithful to the call of God upon our lives, that is entirely possible. Ordinary believers took the light of the gospel as they went. We have that same calling, that same mandate. Are we shining our gospel witness? And are we doing it now? Like I said, Christmas is a great time. 
great time to share a good word about Jesus. As Heather and our musicians come, we'll have a time response. You might just want to pray about uh, opportunities that you can use. Maybe just uh, be more consecrated in making Jesus the center of your celebration. And you may realize that... uh, You've never really received that call or that commission from God because you've never trusted Christ. You've never surrendered to his kingship, to his lordship. Those opportunities are available for you here this morning. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus. Lord, he was faithful. He came. He perfectly did what he was called to do. And God, he brought you glory and continues to bring glory and honor to your name. Father, help us make much of Jesus this Christmas season and much of Jesus now and in the days to come. Father, you just have your will and your way with us. We ask and we pray these things in his name. Amen. Please stand and uh, turn to page 482. Jesus is calling. Thank you for being here. Again, I encourage you to be back tonight, 6 o'clock. I don't know if we're having play practice or anything, 5 o'clock. So uh, if you got little ones in the play, 
let them be here for that. And uh, just have a, a great week. And uh, brag on Jesus to somebody this week. I'm going to ask uh, Junior Mitchell if he would dismiss us in prayer.